my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Every Genesis is a reminder to try something new, to keep growing, keep hustling, keep beginning. At Genesis, they harness that mindset into their performance SUV, the GV70. Turn heads with a stunning design inside and out. Discover intuitive technology inside the GV70 with a 14.5-inch infotainment system. The Genesis GV70 is for those who are making their mark on the world and want to enjoy luxurious amenities while they do it. So go on and enjoy an exhilarating drive in the GV70. Your Genesis GV70 is waiting for you. Learn more at Genesis.com. Genesis, keep beginning. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, we have celebrated actress and now teen skincare founder, Julie Bowen. You, of course, know her as America's mom, Claire Dunphy, from the incredibly famous, hilarious, iconic, legendary TV show, Modern Family. And now she's launching a skincare line specifically for teens called JB Scrub. On today's episode, Julie talks about her childhood, how she grew up as the uh, quiet child. Shocking, I know. I would never think that in a million years. We also chat about being women in the entrepreneurial world and the fears that come along with that, of which there are many. And I just want to introduce my friend and the amazingly talented very intelligent, Julie Bowen. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you love this episode. 
you've got more than one kid and uh-huh. so do I. And so I realize now that you can't take, you can't really take responsibility. You can't take, uh, credit for their successes any more than you can you know, it, it take blame for their failures. There's a lot of kids <laughs> that come out as they come out, you know, like I've got yes, one who's got 100%. learning issues. I've got one who's uh-huh. really athletic. I've got one who's super yep. studious. And within there, of course, you can shape and grow and, and help mold, oh. but really they, they are who they are. Um, mm-hmm. so my sisters, I have one, my younger sister is an infectious disease specialist in uh, San Francisco. She's casual and smart. Yeah, I mean, She's I mean, crazy, <laughs> crazy smart, and always was. We always, she's like the smartest one in the family. And then my other sister's an interior designer here in LA, and has had her own business for nineteen years. And then I was like, I was the quiet one, uh, and I sort of got assigned the like role of like the artist, but that never really fit because <laughs> I was never very artistic. And finally, somewhere along the way, Molly, my designer sister, and I kind of she was studying acting and I was supposed to be doing art. And I was like, "Mm, switch. And she went to design (laughs) school and I went to acting school and everything from there worked out much better. But I definitely felt like I wasn't allowed to step into that zone because she had it. She had the acting. Sure. It wasn't like, Oh, we're a family of actors. It was like Molly was the actor. Um, Annie was the, the, the doctor and I was supposed to be some sort of artist and so when so were you was, like the black sheep? Were you black sheep? Were you like oh god? For sure, it was like what are we going to do? Middle? With her? Are you the middle? middle. Are you the yeah, middle? I, okay, yeah. I'm the middle. <laughs> I'm the middle, and I always did well in school. But then, like, what do you do after school? Like, I'm really good at sitting in a classroom and taking notes and taking tests, which is mm-hmm. that's okay, but it's kind of a useless skill. Like you said before, mm-hmm. it's not really yeah. test taking. It doesn't like, define you. No. And you get out of school and no one's going to give you, okay, this is what, this is what you're supposed to do. And then you take a test. You're going to get an A. Then how am I going to be an actor? But I luckily was, um, really dumb about how hard it was going to be. Like, I think that's the best (laughs) thing to be young and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would you have ever started your massive stylist career if you had any idea and what, how that you yourself would become the front yeah. of the story. Like nope. most people like you, nope. the work is at the front of the story and your work was yeah. the front of the story. And then so were you like, you never would. And, and didn't want to be. And that's right. the sort of irony of it. Is that like, my dad would always be like, you're on the wrong side. I'm like, no, no, no. This is the side where I belong. This is where I'm comfortable. This is where I'm happy. And I want to fluff the train. I don't want to uh-huh. wear the train. Like, <laughs> And so what did he say? Is, was he, is he still alive? It was, yeah, he's alive. And my dad is just like, you know, he was always, is my biggest cheerleader, but was always like, I told you. And I was like, no, 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 dad, I'm still more comfortable on the other side. And he just said, well, life had a different plan for you. And I was like, no, I'm still fighting the plan. And he was like, you know, I, I think what's very interesting is that some of the most successful people I know, like yourself, it wasn't necessarily the plan. Um, and Mm. very, a lot of very successful, talented artists that I know are very shy, grew up very shy. They swear they were shy and which I believe because I actually think acting is a way to kind of, you know, I was a psych major. So for me, it's sort of like, 
I feel like that's the dream because you get to be your shy self in your real yeah. life. And then you get to be, you get to jump into that other person and you get to put your acting life. between the two. Right. I, yeah. I agree. I think it's like stutterers. They say that they don't stutter. If you give them a script to read, it's yes. the act of trying to think while speaking. That's so hard. Yes. And I was very quiet. Um, I was, I was, I wasn't super shy. I was just much quieter than my sisters. I was much more right. sort of a, a, a student all the time. That's all I thought of myself as. But if you gave me a script, if you told me this is the safe place, here's your stage, you can act it all out. I, I loved that. I really loved that. But then Isn't in my that own interesting? life, I don't feel that comfort of acting out. Like I told everybody, I told Nora, we're, we both are involved with baby to baby and yeah. they're, always, they're always saying, Oh, you were that thing with Rachel. I go, I know. And I didn't talk to her again. They go, why? I go, because I'm scared of her. Like, why are you scared of her? I go, because she's always like done and beautiful and together. And I'm always going to just, I'm like, I feel like I have to apologize for, uh, she, it's like so meeting, nuts. Vidal Sassoon in the 70s and he would be like, oh, darling, no, 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 no. (laughs) But you know that, you know that to me, and, and this is, I think where I, we feel very connected, like to me. And if like, if you ask, like, I I just, I feel like I'm a hot mess. Like I may be in like fur and jewels and whatever, because that takes me five minutes to do, but like (laughs) it, but internally I'm like, oh my God, it's just such a mess. Like you're such a hot mess. So like, maybe that's my subconscious, like just throw on some glamour. So you don't feel like such a hot mess, but like, maybe but I do. I mean, so it works though. It's like armor <laughs> for you. It's very beautiful. Armor, it is armor. I was like, Thank oh, you. I, yeah, we show up to these events. I'm like, Oh, stand as far away from her as possible. Cause it's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like a rainbow. You're so crazy. And then you walk in and everybody's just happy. And we're like, oh my God, Julie's here. Everything's going to get better, you know, <laughs> but you're also <laughs> such a great nice. champion. And I, I, I see the way I've always felt. I never felt, I never got a shy vibe. I always got like a funny vibe. I got this vibe that you were going to come in and just be this like hilarious, self-deprecating, but straightforward, get shit done kind of person. And I also want to go back for a second because I did happen to trip over a piece of paper that might have said you went to like nine schools. Did you go to Brown or am I hallucinating? I went to Brown. Okay. So I also need to talk about that because you're like, oh, my sister, the infectious disease specialist, she's the smart one. Yeah, okay. she's the smart one. So, okay, because Brown is a really easy school to get into. Because yeah. last time I checked, Brown is like in the top 10 schools in the world. So, yeah. um, so I, I do want to talk about that. I did you are an Brown academic, and I my did friend. Get it. Yes. And I did. I could have spent my whole life as an academic, to be honest with you. I would be so right. happy doing like in a parallel <laughs> universe. I do nothing but go to the library and read books and write oh, papers. Like my I was worst really nightmare. Good at that. And I was not really good at, at real life. life. Real life yeah, is much harder for some people than, than school. It is. I, I have one it son is. who's got ADHD and real life mm-hmm. for him. He has, he yeah. understands it. Of course, School he's brilliant for him, right. but he gets uh-huh. real life. He's like, see that, that by guy, the way, isn't I can that do better? That. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, I was good at academics and I was, I did really well in school, but it didn't, it doesn't always translate to, to real life. And like, how are you going to apply this? And how, what are you going to do? And I always felt embarrassed to have ambitions or goals. Somehow that was like, don't talk about it. I never and why is that? About, do you think? 
I feel like, well, my parents were always, uh, you know what tall poppy syndrome is? It's like, you don't want to be the tallest <laughs> poppy because that's the one that like the, the whirling blades from the, 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 the grass and the mower are coming for. So you don't want to stick up too much because that's who's going down first. And then really, always, yeah. And my parents also said, you know, your name should never be in the paper except when you're married and when you die. They're very <laughs> old school. Like that's what they, that is their dream for the, the ones well, that they love is anonymity. I think you kind of let them down there, babe. Cause, um, <laughs> well, yeah. And they said, well, it's not, it's not good. It's not good that people know your name and it's not good to be out there because then they gun for you. And there's some of that is true. Some of that is, yeah, of course weird it, it of is institutional sure. paranoia, but some of yeah. it is true. And I found ways to deal with it as I'm sure you have, I can't, I yeah. ungoogleable. Like, would you ever Google yourself, Rachel? Oh, hell no. Right. Hell no. But did you ever Google hell yourself? No. Was there were a time where you're like, it's so fun. And then you run no. and you just get smacked in the face and you're like, oh God, uh, no. No, because my reality, it's so funny. Is that like, you know, I, I was just talking to um, an agent over the weekend and saying, you know, I was canceled so many times before canceling was a thing. Like, because like to your point about the poppy, and I think it's probably why I was so, and still continue to be more comfortable on the inside, other side, um, is that I don't like being that poppy because it's like, I always thought of it as like a shark, right? Like I thought of it as the, the human and the shark. It's like, you see right. the leg, you're kind of like, right. and so, and so for me, I have had so many women try and take me down. Um, even just doing nothing but being kind, honest, loyal, like, and my clients never tried to, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was just the people on the more macro. And so it was before this much social media. So oh. I think it was like, I think in a sense, I was probably canceled a few times. And I think I knew I was canceled, but it wasn't called canceled. So I think I just kept trucking along and kept going, well, I'm still going to work my ass off and hope for the best because, you know, and, and so I think it's, so I think it's interesting because I think parents, you know, speaking about your parents and that it's funny because even not thinking about it, my dad going, you should do this because I was the person that got offered Sandy in Greece and declined it and took Cha Cha because she had three lines, you know. So I was like, yeah, I was like, no, I don't want to be Sandy. <laughs> Actually, I mean, who you're the hell to wants play. to live? I mean, I think we all play. had to be in be it. The... Yeah. Okay. No, I don't want to be the lead. Definitely don't want to be the lead. Cha Cha was better. But you always had your work <laughs> that was out there too, pre-social media, and you know uh, where. Social media allowed people to be famous for being famous. And mm-hmm. you Still got does. famous for for dressing famous people and making them look really beautiful. And then you sort of became the Thank center you. of the story uh, for a, a, a lot of that. But no matter how many times they quote unquote canceled you, you were still putting your work out and your work was always impeccable. And Thank like you. that is something I that you could, that. no matter whether we, no one ever saw your face or not, it was like, you were still like, oh, who styled her for that? You go, oh, yeah, that's Rachel. That's amazing. Like you were doing, you were always so putting sweet. out the work. And that's, because it's that's what the thing. drives me. Right, right. And then obviously I, and the I, business, <laughs> like you pivoted to business in such a huge way. Like what, how much, what percentage of your time is spent 
styling individuals now versus running your business? None styling. 5%. None. 5%. 5%. I'm just now... I'm just, I mean, here's the thing. I'm always styling on some level, like meaning through different partnerships and different creative directing that I do. I'm always styling, but in terms of literal red carpet styling, um, I worked with Dylan Penn while she was promoting her movie last year with her dad in Cannes. And that was the first time I had done somebody in probably like six years, seven years, because really, I really had to stop and pause and take a breather because I think, I think for 15 years, 24 seven. And then I think when I started my other businesses, styling for me is probably like acting for you. It's who I am. It's at my core. It's what I love. It's, I love it so much that I can't, I can't do it a little. It's Mm -hmm. almost like And right when I jumped in to do Dylan, it was sort of like Roger would wake up at like three in the morning and find me. She was in Cannes and I would be like on the phone with Chanel and like just literally like online for three hours in the middle of the night, just pulling looks and pulling couture and changing the dress and like da da da. And Roger was like, it's like, it's like you have a disease. So I call it psychostylist disease. It's almost like I can't. So it's, it's almost like I have to do it a hundred. And so now I'm just now at the point where I'm like, okay, I, I feel the need to go back to this in a smaller way, meaning like doing one or two people, you know, and, and because it is all consuming. I love it with every inch of my soul, but the business is different and, and, and there's a lot of politics and it's a lot of, um, a little bit creative and a lot of drama. And I think I just got to a point where like, you know, you get beaten enough. You're just like, okay, like I need to pause because I need to stop and remember why I love this. And it took me a while, honestly. It took me a while. Do you, me- you ever get inspired still like the yeah. Met Ball? You you see yeah. the red carpet or like mm-hmm. this year. I always I look to all those pictures. And this year at the Oscars, I was like, oh, this is exciting. I was excited <laughs> because everybody was naked. I was like, oh, it's yeah. a thing. And it yeah. was a bold thing. And I was so glad I didn't have to wear any of those clothes. But it was like a whole <laughs> naked moment that was happening. And I was like, literally oh. naked, literally yeah, I mean, naked. I was kind of blown away. But there's moments in, in like fashion where you go, oh, that must have been really exciting slash terrifying versus here's a beautiful gown on a beautiful woman. You know, sure. That was like Um, a next level. I'm, I am now the reason it's funny. Someone, one of the agents at CAA asked me on Friday night, they said, wait, are you coming back? And I was like, just, just, just like for one or two spots, you know, just maybe if it's all the stars line and it's right. And she said to me, okay, why now? What is it? And I said, I'm feeling an obligation to use some of the magnificent things that are being shown that aren't being worn. And it's upsetting me deeply. And I feel that I need to place them on people and and they need to have their moment. It's like upsetting me, the things that I'm like seeing coming out of Paris and at Couture. And I'm like, why is no one wearing these things? I don't understand. Why aren't they well, wearing them? I know the reason to that. Um, well, there's well, politics. Mostly because they're not going to let anybody wear those dresses. It can only be Kate Blanchett. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and she's re-wearing now because she's the coolest. And, you know, know, her and Kate Middleton are just re-wearing. What, but I think, I think, look, I think there's, 
I think for me, it's all about being driven by the passion for what we do. And I think starting my different parts of my business were like, okay, it's time to like do other things. And everything I do is centered around women. And I think trying to help them kind of live their best lives. And I think make that process of being anxious about a being a woman from a psychological perspective, B using your voice, C kind of really taking that extra, whatever it is to, um, look better so that you walk out with like looking at people instead of down. Right. Right. And and I think, yeah, yeah, down and conscious. And I think, listen, I think we make fun of ourselves. I think women in general are self-deprecating because I think it's our defense. And I think Mm. we feel sometimes embarrassed about like, you know, our ambitions to your point earlier. And it's interesting because to me, clearly, you know, your sisters are ambitious, you're ambitious. I find it so interesting because I talk a lot on this podcast about how our education really doesn't define us. And Mm -hmm. I think that so many of the most successful people I know literally didn't graduate high school, like at life and at life crushing, right? Amazing. I know. And I always have so much respect. I have a couple of friends that I came up with in acting who had barely graduated high school and they were always hiding things from me sort of because they were like, you're going to judge me. You're embarrassed. You're going to judge me. And I go, you're my fucking hero. You're such a scrapper. You were a survivor. They dropped you on Hollywood Boulevard one day when you were 17 (laughs) and you figured it out. I love those people. I Me love too. them and they get maligned because they are, they're hungry and they are determined. And I'm like, listen, those people are survivors. You got to give them yep. their props. They're Billion. not always uh, easy, but they're amazing. But you made such a good point because I say this very often about my children is, um, you know, and as I said, I have two boys and at this, at the core, they're the same. Mm. But they're totally different and they're different mm-hmm. learners and they're different this. And, they're, and one of them, I'm like, OK, he's going to solve the national debt or like become like a cure cancer. Right. But I have right. to figure out how he can function in life first. Right. Right? Yeah. right. And then the other one, I'm like, OK, he can literally just cruise through anything with ease and whatever. And then trying to convince him to go to college when he knows that like he kind of doesn't have to because he's probably Mm. really going to be able to just like, I think these kids are going to be entrepreneurs. I think they're going to start, I think they're going to be raising money for their third company by the time they graduate high school. Okay, so then, (laughs) but they're boys. And this is what I wanted to find out from you and why I was like excited to talk to you in this way. Yes. So becoming a female, a woman founder, business owner, entrepreneur is it's just different than it is for men. Yes. Were you ever in yes. a position? Did people approach you and convince you to do X, Y, Z business wise? Did you come up with an idea and have to go out and get money for it? Like which, which direction was it? So it's very interesting. We came up with ideas and we just kind of started it within our infrastructure because we had formed the Zoe report right back in right, 2009. Right, right. And at one point we had a hundred employees and then we um, we spun a business out of that, which is our curation business, which is Curator. So we did that with our teams, right? And then and then I had my brand and my collection and all of that, which now 
I have since bought back and we had partners. And so, you, that's so like you long, had long, investors long. in all of that? Like somebody had to come along with and my say. Clo- kind of, kind of different, different in all cases. Right now, the answer is you're supposed to have other people's money. You're supposed to raise money <laughs> for different ventures. Yes. What's interesting about us <laughs> is we're very unconventional. We yeah. didn't. And yeah. we just kept kind of fueling our own fires, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then we sold the Zoe Report, which is now owned by Bustle Digital Group. And they own okay. like Nylon, W, Bustle, all of that, um, which is amazing. And I'm still incredibly close to them. And I work very closely. I still do a lot with them. So it's just not on the day-to-day. Um, and it's doing so well. So I'm, I'm so happy about that. But I think with... What you're speaking of, we actually launched Rachel Zoe Ventures, and now we have our second fund where we get a ton of opportunities to become part of other companies and invest. So they're like, oh, we want Rachel Zoe on the cap table. We want Roger's operational skills. So we'll come in and um, kind of help. You know, we advise at Strategic Capital. Um, and we put money in other companies. So now how we have portfolios. How did you learn how to do this? Because this Experience. is where I am right now. And I don't know what I'm, it's very scary to. But you will, learning. you will. It's and terrifying, you, but, terrifying. But you're like Entrepreneur on, life is scarier than anything you'll ever do. It's terrifying. <laughs> including motherhood. Put, <laughs> including <yeah>. motherhood. <laughs> and you put your, you're putting your money and your reputation and all of mm-hmm. the hours in the day and then some on the line and you're not yes. sure. Yes. You're never sure. Yes. Never. <laughs> did you, did, was, was it good to have a partner? Was it good to have Roger there like alongside yes. you because you had somebody yes. to like balance yes. you and he knew yes. what he was doing? Almost everyone has a partner in some regard. It doesn't yeah. have to be a co-CEO, right. but it, it you have a partner because almost always creative people need an operational person, right? <laughs> because yeah, it's very hard to crush at both. Yeah, I am yeah. so hyper aware of what I'm good at and what I suck at, and Roger really excels at what I really don't, and so that really works. Um, don't get me wrong. I want to stab him like once a week, but like, it's, <laughs> but, but it's like, I'd rather want to do that to him than like yeah. another person. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. So, but, but being an entrepreneur and, you know, and, and, and almost everyone I've had on the podcast is one. It's like the ups, downs, highs, lows, terrors of being an entrepreneur, the highs are the highest and the lows are the lowest. And it's terrifying. Right. Some people only function with other people's money for whatever reason. Roger and I always have had our money in it. And I think it's good to have outside capital, especially strategically, because I think that having money that's helpful is invaluable. And so, um, you know, and you can't know everything. You only know it through experience. If you taught it for, for every entrepreneur you speak to, they will give you the best story and the worst story. They will give right. you their journey. And it's, it's just hard because it's you. It stops at you, right? When you're, when you're playing a role on a show or in a film, it doesn't stop at you, right? Like you do your mm. part and then everyone else right. does their no. part. When you're a CEO, so much it stops there. Right. It's terrifying. Exactly. So did you know what to do or did Roger know what to do when you were first going expanding into these new businesses or were you like, mm-hmm. we'll just figure it out as yes. we go? 
I'm just going to figure no, it out. No, he, Roger is business. Like he, he mm. got his MBA. He's wicked smart. He's very entrepreneurial. He was an investment banker for eight years. He then started the Webby Awards. Like he, he's, you know, so he, his background is the polar opposite of my background. And what happened with me, mine is literally through, I didn't go to business school. I didn't learn car- corporate finance, none of that. So for me, it's been literally to go back to our earlier point about education across the board. I learned more in my working life mm. in a month than I probably learned mm. in four years of college. Not that you shouldn't go to college because that's where I grew up. But I will say that for me, life learning and being so involved in so many businesses over the last 20 years on every kind of business, beauty, fashion, kids, you know, product, (laughs) toy, I mean, you name it. So I think there's just a lot of on the ground knowledge that I got. And then with Roger, we just kept getting these inbound requests for me to be involved in different types of companies to be on the board, to be an advisor, to be an ambassador, to help with marketing, to do social posting, whatever it was. And then, so we would invest and that was more of like a side hustle fun thing that we did. And then over the last probably three years, four years, we formally started doing Rachel's O Ventures and we opened our, we launched our second fund. And now we're talking about doing our third because we like having our hands in different types of businesses. You literally so, have a fund. I can't even tell you like you're a fucking God. <laughs> you have a fund. You're like, I'm not we, at all. I mean, do you dress different for that? I just have to know. Like, you're like, <laughs> no, fund, do you know what? Funding? No. I don't. I don't. I, I literally don't. I literally Choose don't because yeah, hundred a hundred percent. I probably have them. Next. Yeah. I mean, always. I mean, listen, I think you get to a point in your life where you're just like, I am who I am. I literally was at school the other day. Um, and <laughs> Skylar, who's now in six, one of his girlfriends was like, Oh my God, I love your shoes. Where did you get them? And Skylar goes, Oh, that's just my mom. She wears those all the time. Those are like her slippers. Like he literally said that. And I was like, oh my God, because you think they're kind of like not paying attention, but like they are. And I think my kids at this point are just sort of like, oh, that's just my mom. Like it's just That's fantastic though, because it is, it is you. So you, you don't have to water it down to be out there. And, but it was also rewarded along the way. I mean, like who you are, what you amplified it, you, you, you refined it, you honed it and we get, it's, it's, it comes across as this confidence bomb uh, oh, that everybody well, would you. love to have. And um, I get a lot of street cred. See, I get a lot of street cred for going to good schools, but like you said, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, but here's the thing. I, doubt on that one. No, but here's the thing. I I, I don't want to under undersell that because I think the thing about being in good in school, it is a comfort zone for really intelligent people because it is, you know, my niece is like that. And now she's starting, she just started a kick-ass job. And it's funny. <laughs> she called me and she was like, wait, she was like draying over which sheets to get for her new bed. She's 22. She's graduated the Ross School of Business. And I'm like, she's never gotten anything less than like, and she graduated with like 18 freaking honors. And I'm like, she's like, wait, why did you know what sheets to get? And like, you did that in like four minutes. And I'm like, um, so I'm like, these are just like life things we learn as we graduate and go into life. And she was like, and it was so funny because I was like, literally, if you asked her anything, if you tested her anything, if you challenged right. her with anything, like she would just kill it. But if you ask her to get from like 
my hotel room to the lobby, there's a chance you'd get lost. There's right, a chance. Right. But I, but that's not how you are. But I guess what I'm saying is like, I think insanely intelligent people, it's like an ownership. They know they can do this and it's and it's not easy to do. So I think we need those people. But I think that academics, they learn life, right? Because they've been in right. a book, right? And so as you live your life, dude, you're crushing life. You're fucking killing it. So don't don't even but say it's, it. It's hard though, <laughs> as as a yeah, I got I worked really hard. I took you're a single sh- mother of three boys. Yeah. That is yeah. like talk about life challenge. It's <laughs> not easy. That part's not easy. No. Entrepreneurs know. Climbing to the top starts at the beginning. At Genesis, they're all about beginning. It's right there in the name because the beginning is where the action is. Sure, things are up in the air in the beginning, but that's what makes them thrilling. Genesis has harnessed all that excitement into their performance SUV, the GV70. Turn heads with stunning design inside and out. The GV70 features the silhouette of a coupe and the capability of an SUV. Discover intuitive technology inside the GV70 with a 14.5-inch infotainment system, fingerprint recognition, and available Lexicon Premium audio. Enjoy an exhilarating drive in the GV70 featuring standard all-wheel drive and available electronically controlled suspension, plus exceptional handling and agility. I used to dread driving around LA because of the traffic. The stop and go, the blaring sun, always getting directly into my eyes, no matter what time of day it is. But thanks to Genesis and their GV70, driving around here isn't too bad, especially when I'm driving in style. Every Genesis is a reminder to try something new, to keep growing, keep hustling, keep beginning. What will you begin? Learn more at Genesis.com. Genesis, keep beginning. Career-wise, you know, I knew you get to a point where you know what to do. You go right. out there and you get shot down. But if you get shot down right. 20 times, so the 21st time, you're probably going to get a job. And you know what to do. <laughs> and you kind of have this team of agents or whatever. And they, they they literally hand you the material and you go and you do your thing. To sure. step outside of that comfort zone and go, okay, I think I'm going to try to produce and I'm going to try to do a product Mm -hmm. line because it's Mm -hmm. COVID and I'm going insane and I need to do something. Um, and then have to actually, uh, live with these choices that are terrifying and see them through. I, you can't just quit. You can't walk away. No, you can't. No, you actually really can't. No, you can't. (laughs) That's the the hardest part. And I wonder how women do this all the time, especially with kids and prioritizing and, (laughs) People always say, how do you how do you balance life when you're an actor? I'm like, it's not that hard. I mean, I'm really busy, but it's just once I leave one thing, once I leave the set, I get to come home. There's not mm-hmm. a thousand phone calls about like, so what you did in that third scene? We, 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 right. we know about that. You know, where now my life is just like you have a, you've got a meeting with potential investors and you have to do this, you have to do this. It never stops. And it's terrifying how you, like, because it's on like, other people's. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, and uh-huh. it, it, the uh-huh. work expands and expands. And especially in the era of Zoom and everything, there's no such thing as a weekend. So everything is just this no. giant monster that can take all of your time and attention. Um, it's true. But, and, but, but don't you think in a way acting kind of, because I know for me, like styling, 
I never had a weekend until I had children. Mm. I never knew what a Saturday or Sunday was versus, you know, right. a, a Tuesday. It didn't, it didn't. Yeah. No, because all of I you guess... guys, all of you guys could only do fittings on weekends or photo right. shoots on weekends. So, right. Right. so, so I think, I think, but I would imagine that acting really prepares you very much for other parts of life because, you know, it's, well, first of all, the ability to handle rejection, Oof. that's something that you can't prepare for. And I think when people become entrepreneurs, that's the first thing that is the biggest challenge is right. how much rejection is involved, whether it's from uh, a retailer, uh, investor, um, you know, I'm sorry. It's like how, when models used to be very, you know, exclusionary and they'd be like, you're too heavy. Your skin's too dark. Mm -hmm. You're, mm -hmm. you have freckles. We don't want freckles. Sorry. Mm -hmm. You look too old, like all those things. And I think that being an entrepreneur, those are the challenges. You walk into this room, you have the idea of the century. You're so confident and you walk in and they're like, no, no, this doesn't make sense for us. This isn't the kind right. of thing we do. We don't want inventory. We don't want whatever, right? Or it's so saturated, that market, whatever. There's just a million and one reasons why people don't want to become part of something. And right. I actually think my my father, who is an entrepreneur, self-made entrepreneur, and um, he was amazing at raising money. And I said, dad, how did you do this? He said, because I never gave up. If the people that I was going to as my go-to weren't investing, then I found different money somewhere else. I went to Asia, I went to Europe, I went to wherever. And he said to me, there's no better humbling than raising money. He's like, there's no better kick in the ass or learning lesson that you will ever have in your life than going out to raise money. Because you learn what's wrong with your business. You learn, mm. Um, mm. because there, those people, you have to think about it like, when you're raising money for a company or an idea, the people that you're going to likely have looked at a hundred this month. Right. 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 And or so more. they're seeing everything. Yeah. So they know. So they may be giving you advice and saying, hey, come back when come back with proof of concept, come back when you've hmm. made a little bit of, you know, you know, mm -hmm. EBITDA or whatever. But like, right. I think at the end of the day. See, uh, Ibita, I, I just learned this phrase like two months ago. And that's exactly the sort of thing that like you can act your way through a lot of calls. And then someone says, what's your EBITDA? And you go, I know. Right. Sorry, what, Which is what? why you need the partner, because Roger answers right. that question. That's good. <laughs> so it's you're very aware. Good. Very good Roger answers that question. No, I'm telling you. But <laughs> but I want to talk about this product because here's the thing. Did you come to a point where you're like, okay. I've had a long career in acting. I've clearly crushed this, okay? I'm now a single mom of three boys. That is also a full-time job. But hey, I'm gonna start a new full-time job. Cool, okay. Like, at what point were you like, okay, what was the aha moment that possessed you to do such a thing? I need well, to understand that. I, I, my my friend, Jill Byron, who was the other JB of mm -hmm. JB Scrub, mm -hmm. we were moms together at school and we had all Got boys. It. And she mm -hmm. had, uh, she'd had a long career at Condé Nast and knew mm -hmm. that world and knew much mm -hmm. more about the beauty business and everything. And we were just complaining that boys smell and that the expectation is that mm -hmm. they're just going to like hose themselves down with like <laughs> the dreaded, I won't even say the name. Um, and, uh, and that that was like, but no one, they don't actually get clean. No one's, they've just, they've been abandoned. We're like, they can't, they just can't. 
they leave them in the bathroom and we don't know what happens. They come out. It's disgusting. Eventually they'll care. And then they'll, they'll be like 18 right. or 20 maybe. Yeah. So, yep. and we thought that was a ridiculous idea. And she said, well, let's do something about it. I was like, huh? I, do, I only, I, they hand me words to say. And then I say the words, I don't know how right. to start sure. a business or anything. Sure. Sure. She said, well, I, I know something in this area. I know at least how to get started. She knew manufacturers mm-hmm. and formulators. And then it was, it, I mean, it's taken th- over three years since our first conversation about this. And during which time we had COVID. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's well over three years. So it was it, all in all, it was like baby steps. Mm-hmm. until because you go to the lab and then you don't like this formulation mm-hmm. you put in your kid it turns sure. their skin red you get back to the lab again <laughs> you know that, like all that stuff that was actually kind of straightforward and easy because you're like okay we want a, a we want to make a product that works that's gentle that doesn't make kids um stink like heavy yep. chemicals yep. but we also sure. don't want to treat them like little babies they're not sure. this isn't baby stuff you know and Get By the way, it. this is why nobody's done it. It's scary. It's there's hard. a lot. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of like hurdles with teenagers, yeah. let alone teenage boys, right? Well, we found these designers um, to do our packaging. Who are these two guys? Who are Matt and Ron? And they are incredible because we met. We met with so many different package designers, and they were all like super professional. But they they wanted to do like a green leaf and a clear bottle, and you know. Right. And uh, and these dudes mm-hmm. came in. They are they're surfers and skateboarders, and they do <laughs> they do zines still. Remember yep. zines? Yep. Right. Yep. So these two. Yep. St- and they were like, <laughs> they so got the vibe. And then it kind of like that piece falls into place. You're like, okay, okay, I know where we're going. And then you get the formulation to the right place. And and we pushed it along until we felt really confident about what we had. And now we launched, we've launched JB Scrub, we've launched five SKUs. It's really exciting. But there was so much like you've got to get to launch. And now it's like, yep. oh, I, by the oh, you need some money. You, you're gonna have to go right. get some money really sure. quick now. And like, sure. Sure. But then everybody, like you said, they want to know, they want six months of data points. Sure. Yeah. They don't, nobody wants to take a flyer until they see what they can get. So that's where we are right now, which is, and also there's also people that like pop out of the woodwork and are like, just give me 40% of your business and I will promise you the moon. And you're like, sure. There are times when that sounds so great because it's like, it is. Because someone's going to just it do it for me. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not yeah. doing that. We're not doing that. No, not yet. You can't no. do that. You can't do that yet. I think a little bit is okay if it's worth it. You know, a little yeah. bit is okay if they're adding value and know what they're doing. And so well, I think that, so Rachel, you just said the good money is so valuable yeah. or yeah. was that the term you used? Good yeah. Money? That, yeah. It was in, yeah. such a great concept that there is it, good it, money. <laughs> There is good money and good money is, is life changing because there's people that'll say, okay, I'll give you a million dollars. I'll give you 5 million. I'll give you 10 million. Then you never see them. What do you do with that money? Right. What do you, what are you doing? Right. Right. Versus someone who might give you less money, but say, Hey, I'm going to help you because I have this connection. I have this connection. I'm best friends with the you know, with the the person who's the head buyer at blah, 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 or you need to do this because I already know that this product tried to do this and failed miserably. And this is right, why. Right. So it's strategic capital, in my opinion, for young, new entrepreneurs is invaluable. It's what you yeah. need. It's you need the people 
that aren't living it 24 seven to, to get their hands in it and help. And whether yes. that's staffing, whether it's support, whether it's marketing, whether it's financial advising, it's it to me, that is the, the, the money that's sometimes the hardest to get, but the most valuable, you know, I agree. And, I agree. And knowing yeah, which, which it's, is which. It's terrifying. <laughs> That yes. you don't, because you could yes. also end up with somebody who seemed charming and lovely and great, and and then yes. they are controlling and weird and no. Make your life you need out. someone proven. You need someone proven that someone close to you has worked with. That's right. It's like finding exactly it's like right. finding a family assistant. You're not just going to take a stranger. It's going to be someone right. who is coming from someone that you know and trust with your life. Right. right? It's because the same you are kind of thing. All over that. It, do you ever get scared? Still, every day of my life. About something. Really? I mean, about something. I, I mean, but I, that's who I am. I mean, I've been scared since I was 25 and went freelance. Um, I have a um, fear is kind of what drives me. So I, I always say to people, like, I really think that it's for me, not for everyone, but it has really served me to kind of have a healthy fear about mm. everything I do. Because there's mm -hmm. that fear that paralyzes you that you can't get out of bed. But there's a fear that is those butterflies in your stomach that drive you to do better, to be better, to keep going, to, to just kind of not trip over yourself, right? But mm -hmm. also don't get ahead of yourself because, you know, um, it's what works for me. It's, it's, it's a lot of psychology, but I think, you know, I'm still always going to think no one's showing up. I'm still always going to think no one's going to support me. And I think, again, it's because I haven't always had support in my life, right? For every person that has supported me, there's three that don't. So I think I've always just gone at things in this very kind of like, you know, I'm very blessed. I have a, a, an amazingly supportive family. I have healthy kids. I have a great husband. Everything else is just, I'm going to I'm going to just go forward, right? I'm going to go forward. And I had to learn that, you know, because, you know, there's people that make decisions about you in your life that have never met you. And you're mm -hmm. like, I don't understand. But you have those people around you that are like, fuck them, Julie. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I know you, like, right? I mean, and so I, I think though you have to just keep going because what's your choice, right? You have to right. keep going. Right. right. No, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But when taking on new ventures is always yeah, scary. And there terrifying. is that weird phenomenon, although I'm discovering in equal parts, the weird phenomenon of women backing away from other women who mm -hmm. need mm -hmm. help or support. Mm -hmm. And then the flip side of these, so many people coming in to fill that void. So many yes. uh, funds. So many yep. uh, women founders, there's all these yep. groups, literally like all of a sudden I'm yep. being invited to these, like, come to yes. my living room on Thursday yes. and talk yes. about it. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I love this. Yes. I need this. <laughs> it's really exciting. And I don't know why, because we've all been, you know, I guess since the- Well, we this is new to people. you. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yes. It's exciting. It's exciting. And I think that right now, you know, you're such a super mom. And again, like you've had so much success. And I think that now you're like, okay, um, how do I win at this? Right. So, but I think that academic younger girl is sort of like, it kind of goes back to that a little bit of like, mm -hmm. how do I get really good at this? Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that's part of the fun of it. And I think if you didn't have that fear of, 
this. And like, you know, it's funny because as an actor, like you said, like you got that, you know how to do that. You know, the routine for that. You're still learning this one. So you have that fear still, right? But that's okay. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. It's because it involves other people, whereas acting only involves you. And I think that's been the thing for me with taking outside money is sort of like, hey, if it's our money in our world, we can control that, right? Right. If I take other people's money, oh God, now I have to explain it to them and I have to tell them what I'm doing and I have to whatever. And I'm not great at that. I'm better at being my own boss. I'm better at at being my own leader. So what do you do then? I mean, like, how do you... Do you rely on, on, do you delegate that? Or do you get on those calls and tell people like, we're spending $500,000 on this thing that sounds ridiculous, but you're going to love it. Well, I think if you take outside capital, a lot of those people are going, they're going to want to know what you're doing with that capital. Right. 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 <laughs> they are. No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, no, absolutely. <laughs> and that's, it's the, just, that's why I always say there's pros and cons, you know, there's pros and cons. It's like, it's but like, you a, should, I feel like you should take outside capital, but oh, be no, careful we, we're comes going from. to, because we've bootstrapped to this point. We've gotten uh-huh. JB scrubs like uh, to market on our own. And there's, I'm excited. I need to try it. We'll send you some, I, I'll send you some. Please it's send great. it to me because I'm dying to like, you know, it's funny. Sky's 11 turning 12 next week. And you know, he doesn't smell yet, but I, it's like, you know, they still smell like baby kids still, but I can tell you that some of his friends really do smell and it's awful. Well, what I'm happened with it. my kids? Soon. Yeah. With boys, <laughs> before soon. they start smelling <laughs> one day, they all of a sudden close the bathroom door and you're not allowed oh, in. I'm dreading like, this. I know. Right. So up until no. that moment, you can go no. in there and go, did you no. wash in your butt? <laughs> like, did you wash in your pits? And there comes a day when the door closes and you're like, and they come out sort of slimy. You're like, did you, did you use soap? Did you wash it off? And it's just, they're kind of disgusting, but you aren't allowed. I have no idea. I haven't seen my children's penises in years. So you kind of go, I don't know what's happening anymore. And they were like released into the wild with no skills. Girls seem to learn complicated skincare routines. And, stuff. and the boys, no one teaches them. So like literally on our packaging, it says like, Pits, nuts, butts, in that order. And there's not a ton Love of tiny, you. there's not a ton of tiny, tiny writing. Like they can like look at it and be like, okay, I got this. Like we just assume that they're gonna be lost until finally someone in college tells them like about proper routine or something because they're having hundred percent. But yep. we really do. That's why we wanted to create this skincare line was to get these kids. I think it's involved. amazing. Yep. Early. So before they, yes. before they stink, before they have right. acne, like, yeah. learn yeah. how to take care of this whole situation. And totally. then you can meet the next challenges when they come. But yep. they don't, I yeah, mean, no one's talking to them. It, it's very interesting because girls are obsessed with it, right? Girls are obsessed right. with products and their routines and all mm-hmm. of that. I remember Roger used to call my niece, my little pony because she's literally like a hundred strokes in her hair. Um, she would brush it. And, you know, it's funny because when I had boys, everyone like, everyone's like, did God just laugh at you? Like, was God just like laughing at you when he gave you boys? Like, do you even know what to do with them? And I'm like, yeah, I make sure they're clean. I make sure they're like, whatever. But it's funny because I am absolutely sure that my older son is me as a, is me as a boy. I'm like raising myself as a boy. So he's Mm going to be like immaculate. 
Right. Ma- he's going to be like, oh, my God, mom, I have to brush my teeth again. Oh, my God, mom, right. I have to go. Right. My little one, 100%. No. There's a chance he'd leave with no pants on. There's a chance right. he would like a hundred percent. I don't know how that's going to go. I'm just going to be chasing him with like ant products. I'm just going to be chasing him. With exactly. Products. And that when that door closes, I'm telling <laughs> he doesn't you care. Like, what's happening in there. Tell me like at least I've been warned about that. this. It's it's bad when it happens because you there's a real drop off because for so long they're like <laughs> practically going mom wipe my butt. And then, uh, and then the uh, next day, hundred percent, and and you're not allowed in the bathroom. And I'm like, well, your underwear is still looking pretty, pretty dank, buddy. I think we've still got some more to work out before we're really ready to let you fly. Okay, You're so <laughs> dead. I'm so dead. And this is such a hole because it's such a hole in the market. And I think it's so brilliant because I do think as a whole, boys from birth make up 10% of product, clothing, and everything else. And I think that this is such a niche that needs to be filled. It's such a white space. And so I would think that 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 people would want to get behind this, especially once they see the product, because I do think it's something no one talks about. And I think because of who you are, you talking about it and advocating for it is just brilliant. Like it's just, it, it, cause it could, it, it's almost like it could only come from you. And, um, and I think it's genius because I think all we've ever seen for teen and acne across boys, right. girls, and, and any adolescent in be, you know, at all, I think is proactive, right? Like that's the right. only thing we've ever seen. So I think this is something where it's like, wait, body care, wait, right, like, take care of you're your body not, boys your aren't going to be was- gross anymore. I sent this stuff to, and I hope he's okay with me saying it. Oh, well, too bad. He says I am. Nolan, my fake son on Modern Family, I just sent him some JV scrub. Okay. And he goes, right. Julie, I'm going to tell you something. He's 24, 23, 24 now. Right. We had right. dinner the other night, and he goes, I never washed my face. And now there's this stuff that says face wash. And I'm like, oh, I guess I used that on my face. And now I wash my right. face. Because he literally is like right. face wash. And I, I was like, that's what it took? <laughs> It took a bottle. Say, that's what he does. Yeah, and it it's true. My mind. And he's a beautiful, talented, successful person. But he's like, Why isn't that amazing? But like, like isn't there what? such injustice? Like, really, <laughs> Roger? Literally, I handed him. I got all this incredible, like Barbara Stern product, right? Which oh. I die for. And yes. now she has like certain products for men. And I handed uh-huh. it to Roger, and he was like, "What do I do with it?" I was like, how about use it? How about use it? He goes, like with water? I'm like, are you okay? You're 54 years old. That's where I think (laughs) we had to literally come up with our face wash. It foams right out of the pump because boys don't know how to lather under the water. Lathering would be confusing. Lathering would be confusing. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I mean like I, it has to be like we made sure that the cap on like the toner pads it's it's stuck it's on it like they they still have to close it but they can't find my kids can't put the top back on toothpaste it's, they can no. drive a car before they can do that it's insane billion percent it's this yeah, is brilliant just, i cannot where they are. wait to see it honestly i'll send it to you it's it's awesome it's really great and the packaging and I, is incredible and i like, honestly, like I've always loved you. I've always just been drawn to you. Obviously you're such a brilliant actor and 
such a talent. But like, I think what people may not know is what a super mom you are and now entrepreneur and <laughs> um, feeling, feeling the pains. Again, I think that's why I wanted to do this pod is to talk about how real it is and the journeys because they're terrifying. And for everyone that I've had on here from, I don't know, Candace Nelson to uh, Shani Darden, Nikhil, like all these incredible entrepreneurs, it's everyone has a story and it's terrifying and it's life-changing and there's fears, there's challenges, there's triumphs, but but yet no one would ever give it up for anything because it's like you really love it because you really live it and you love it. And your purpose is just it's 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 just you're drawn to it. And I think like listening to you talk about it is so it's like sign me up. Right. Like, sign, like you I know, want it all. You you were sent you're putting real women in the center of your story, which I think is really interesting. Um, growing up, you know, we 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 all grew up with the idea of like Susan day on LA law, you know, like in yeah. in like, a, yeah. in like the sharp suit yes. and everything. And that yes. we didn't have to see kids or the messiness or like dealing with her husband yep. or any of that. And yep. the idea now that, that actual real women and even ones in furs and jewels and shoes yep. are, yep. can be bosses and can also have a family and can do all these things. It's really important that, that we see the whole spectrum of women at the center and not just the ones who've got yep. like the razor bob and the like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And by the way, that's why it's called climbing in heels because you I can get there. You can I... still wear your heels. You can still be your like feminine self and embrace all your femininity and your power and your superpower and whatever that looks like. It's like to have it, to own it, to live it in all its realness. And I think it's okay that we talk about it, you know? And um, and I think it's I think it's about relatability and I think it's about learning and and really being okay with being scared and making a fuck ton of mistakes along the way, right? Because yeah. how many yep. have we made? Partners. Yeah, but traditionally women have not been allowed to make as many I mistakes. Know. You know, you Never. get a couple shots at bat and plus you better do it all while you're young and that nothing is sagging because yep. um, yep. God forbid. So, you know, <laughs> stepping it's into true. your power as somebody who's over the age of 20, it, it, yep. is, it can be challenging. And I'm over the age of 50. So fuck it, man. I got to make it happen. And I love how I never look fucking better. <laughs> right you. back at you. Right you back at you. Thank I you, love it. But Thank listen, you. we're all just doing it, right? And we're just, it, listen, fuck all of them with this aging out shit. They can fuck off. Oh, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them all. Fuck I finally them. have a clue about what I'm doing in the world. I still am doing scary new things that, but I wouldn't have had the the wherewithal to do them when I was 25. Of course not. So here we are, not. like appreciate my, my, my life experience and let's, you know, and, and most of all, let's help each other. Cause that is, I love this whole message that you're putting out here for your listeners. There's a lot of hand motions in big circles. I think it's inclusive and <laughs> it is, it, it's it loving is. and it's, and it's boss. And I love it. Oh, well, I love you dearly. And I will see you very soon. 
Um, yeah. I feel like we have lots of baby to baby stuff coming we up, do. but I we sure see do. you outside of that. And I'm, I'm also here for anything on the other side of that. Thank too, you. You know, thank you. Rachel. So really, I cannot thank you I'm enough. Here. You have of opened course. my eyes and I will try not to be scared of you the next time I see you. It's, oh, it's, <laughs> it's always just about how you'll like float out of a car in like Mongolian sheep jacket. And I'm like, Oh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my old cashmere from J. Crew, and I'm so embarrassed. I don't want her to see Listen, me. Listen, Julie, I have heard this my entire adult life, even in my teen life. I used this, I always was met with this. I was so scared of you when I met you. Oh, and then good, you were like, good, so silly. But no, no, because I'm the funny part. The irony is I'm then like two days later, they're like, I can't believe I was scared of you. Like, because I'm <laughs> such, know. I'm so like, I'm so like real, just living in an insane industry. Like I always say I'm this kind of like, no, I don't want to say normal because I don't even know what normal is, but like, I'm kind of this somewhat normal person living an insane life. But yeah. I have always been this very like weirdly like introvert, very self-deprecating, very silly, make fun of myself all day and like take a lot of humor in life. I'm very serious about my work. But like in life, I'm just, you know, you got to laugh or it's like, what the hell are we doing here? Right. Well, thank you. Thank you for making <laughs> me so real. And thank you for like, I pro for being the goofy, funny, relatable person that you are. And I will try not to be terrified of your Mongolian. Never. Your or I'm going to come lamb. knock you over. Your Persian <laughs> Knock you lamb. over with my coat. <laughs> 's that time in the show when I answer two listener questions so let's see what we have for today okay question one how do you maintain your confidence as a business leader I mean it's a hard one I'm not always confident for sure I mean I'm most of the time not confident but I would say there are definitely aspects of my business I'm more confident in than others but I would say I am definitely very confident in as a leader, if that makes any sense. Like I'm very confident leading my team or advising my team or mentoring my team. And I think that's mainly because I've just had years of experience. And my father, who is a very successful self-made entrepreneur, taught me that confidence really comes with experience. So I think that some people have an innate confidence, you know, just in life. I'm definitely not one of those people, but I would just say that when you're leading people, even if you're feeling insecure, you absolutely cannot show that ever. You have to always show your strongest self to your team. And if you want to feel insecure in private or to your closest people, I mean, I know I probably shouldn't be giving that advice, but for me, I think those insecure moments really don't share those with people who are looking up to you as a leader. I think you have to lead with confidence and strength. I think you can be honest, you know, don't, <laughs> you know, don't be delusional, but I think it's important to always maintain a confident sort of air about yourself when you're leading a team. Okay. What's your advice for moving to New York City for the first time? Honestly, my advice for moving to New York City, obviously it depends on how old you are and sort of like where you are in your life. I lived in New York City literally for the best 10 years of my life, apart from, of course, having my kids. But 
I would say that it was the most fun, free, amazing decade of my life. And I think that New York is really a city that really doesn't sleep. And it's a time where you can get a bite to eat at 11 p.m. or 2 a.m. You can meet friends for a drink any time of day, night. I just think it has the most energy, the most style. I think you have to go to New York City with an open mind. It's loud. It's crowded. It's infuriating at times. And it is a concrete jungle. And I think at the end of the day, you have to embrace that and just go for it. Live your absolute best life. Dance on tables. Eat a lot. See theater. Go to the ballet do all the things, go to every museum, just live your best New York City life. Because, you know, when you burn out from it, you may want to leave or you may stay there forever. You know, it's not for the faint of heart, but (laughs) I would say everyone should experience life in New York City if they can and if they can afford it. It is absolutely worth it. Don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram, and I might just answer your question. Welcome back to Currently with Curator, where I share my latest obsessions, all of which you can access through my shopping community, Curator. My spring curation is here. Throughout this season, I'm going to be telling you more about everything inside of it, item by item. This week, we're focusing on the Silky Sleep Mask by Skin Worldwide. I curated this box with spring vacation in mind, so I wanted to pack it full of pieces that make traveling feel more luxurious, and that's exactly what this mask does. Wear it on planes or trains or even in a hotel when you need your beauty sleep as it shuts out light while keeping your delicate eye area protected and hydrated. The entire five product curation is valued at over $400, but it's yours for just $100 when you start your membership with my code ZOE25, Z-O-E-25. These boxes are in limited supply, so head to curator.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com to claim this offer now. Thank you so much to Julie for coming on the podcast and opening up about her childhood, her acting career, and now her skincare career. And thank you so much for interviewing me at some points in this episode, because, you know, she's Julie Bowen and, you know, she has to have control of the situation and she's so humble and funny and real and badass and smart and talented. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, as a single mom kind of working really hard and doing something really new, I think it's amazing for um, all of you to really hear kind of the raw and real of someone who's already had and lived a lot of successes, but it almost doesn't really matter because when you're starting something new, in a career pivot or just ending, like sort of just beginning a whole new endeavor, it's just terrifying. And business is not a playground. It's it's scary. And there's a lot of things that come with it. And, you know, really one of the reasons that I started Climbing in Heels to begin with. So thank you all for listening. I hope you love this episode as much as I did because I just had so much fun. We definitely could have kept talking forever and ever. And she kept turning it on me and I kept turning it back at her. But here we are. So I hope you love the episode. It's a good one. 
If you want more Climbing in Heels content, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator. And I'll see you next week. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.